I love that. Reach one, live as one, gather as one, and lift up one. It's good, isn't it? It's simple, but if we grasp that, then we will change our world. You'll change your family. You will change your community. You'll change your workplace. You'll change your friends. If we can start to just be praying and reaching just one person in our lives. If we start to live as one, we put aside our differences, we, we, uh, we love one another, we forgive one another, and we gather. And there's power in unity. There's power when we come together with one voice. And when we lift up the one, as we've done this morning, then things change in our world. It's awesome. It's, it's simple, but it's it's, it's profound. And, and, and what does that look like for us here on the ground in Timaru? Well, I've got a heart to see this place filled. I know this can, this can seat 300 people. Uh, that, that would be amazing. We could fill this. My, my aim actually this year is we, we see 200 people on a Sunday. Um, and I reckon God can do that. I, I'm praying, I'm believing for 50 new salvations this year. That would, be, that would just be about one a week, actually which is quite doable. Uh, I'm believing that we'll have 50 youth out on a Friday night uh, gathering together. I'm believing that we'll have 10 e-groups up and running um, by year end. These things, they're all beyond where we are now, but they're very doable in God. And, uh, and what, but what it takes is us owning it. What it takes is all of us, because I can't make those things happen. I can't create a crowd of 200 people in here. I can't bring 50 youth along. I can't start 10 groups. I can't do all that. I could try, and uh, I would be a mess, and it wouldn't happen. <laughs> but I love the idea that Equippers is based on, because you, I was talking to a work colleague this week about church, and, uh, and she said, you know, well, what church? And I said, Equippers, and she's like, oh, that's an interesting name. Uh, it is an interesting name, but it's a very biblical name. It's based on Ephesians 4. I'll just read it to you now. Uh, 11 to 13, it says, And he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping, that's the word, of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ. We're talking about living full and overflowing lives in Christ. And and the idea is that the church's plan, we actually had it as a scripture, um, is uh, the church's plan is to equip. If you go back to that, it says some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. See, too often we think that what I do is the ministry. The pastor, he does the ministry. Uh, that's how church works. The vicar, the priest, the pastor, they're the minister. That's the other name for us. But actually, the biblical way is that we are all ministers. You minister in your work. You minister in your school. You minister to your family. Wherever you are, you are the minister. And our job as a church is just to equip you to, to do the work, to do the ministry. In your world, because I can't reach your world. I can't reach the, the guys and the, the women who are around you who you can reach. So, so I guess if we're thinking vision, we're thinking where we're going, we're, we're actually thinking 
purpose in our world. We're thinking, what can we do to fulfill the, the call of God? You know, we can say, yeah, we want to reach, we want to fill this place with 200 people, but we've got to own that ourselves. We have to each individually own that. And I guarantee to you, if you throw yourselves into those, those things that, that Sam was talking about, reaching one, living as one, gathering as one, lifting up one, then you will grow. You will grow. I, I, money back guarantee that you will grow. If you, you know, if you throw yourself into those things, reaching someone in your world, living as one, gathering, if you come to church, to e-group, to prayer meeting, to shout conference, you will grow when you get in those spaces. Because we all have to take responsibility for our own walk of faith. Right? I can't walk your walk of faith for you. We all need to take responsibility. And, and today, we're, we're talking about living a life that's full and overflowing. It's the final in our series. And, uh, and I was thinking about that idea of, of walking by faith. Uh, that actually, it's, it's a walk. It's not a leap. You know, you, you've heard, you all have heard that phrase, taking a leap of faith. Who's heard that phrase? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's commonly used. But actually, it's not a biblical idea. It's never actually, we're, not, we're never told to take leaps of faith. We walk by faith. So we take steps of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. We're actually called to live in faith. And... And to tie that in with, with this idea of living a full and overflowing life in Ephesians 3.19, filled to the, full measure, to the measure of all the fullness of God, we need to live by faith and we need to live with full assurance. And that's what we're talking about today is living with full assurance in God that, that every step that we take in faith is ordered by Him, that every step that we take is guided by Him that he's looking after us, that he's meeting our every need. Because here's the, here's the thing. To live a full and overflowing life, you have to take steps of faith. Does that make sense? Because too often we think, oh, I've come to know Jesus and therefore my life is sweet and I'll be safe and I'll be secure and it'll all go just dandy. But actually God never promises that. He doesn't say your life will be safe and secure if you come to Jesus. He says your life will be amazing, it will be filled, it will be, it will be, um, it'll be wonderful, but actually it's not going to be safe and secure because we live by faith. And faith in its very nature requires, it requires faith. It requires us to take a step. See, see we've kind of uh, equated belief and faith as the same thing. In the church in the West, we kind of think, oh, yeah, we have our beliefs, and that's our faith. No, your beliefs, are, they're kind of like the foundation of your faith. But if it's just a belief, then it's just a bunch of commonly held ideals that we have. We're called to live lives of faith, not life of belief. And to live a life of faith you, requires you to take steps. You can't live a life of faith and just stay still. Too often we reduce our faith to belief. Faith and belief are not the same things. And to live a full and overflowing life, I'm going to suggest that you need to live a life of faith. To lead a full and overflowing life, you can't just hold a set of beliefs and not change and not move. That is not going to lead to a full and overflowing life. 
And this idea that we need to take steps of faith to live a life of faith is, is I think the greatest example is found in Matthew 14. It's a, it's a well-known story. It's kind of the story about taking steps of faith. Some of you may have guessed what it is. It's the story of Peter walking on the water. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 14. And picking it up in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. I'd just like to pray before we dive into this. Father, I thank you. You call us to live lives of faith. And you, live, you call us to live lives that are full and overflowing. And I pray that you would guide my words this morning. And Lord, we come to you now with open hearts to hear what you would say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is like the original step of faith story, right? Peter takes this incredible step. I don't know if you've ever done that. Possibly you've done it off the side of the pool, just into the water, just stepped in. But I bet none of you have kept on walking. Or possibly as a little kid, you've kind of ran at the water and kind of keep running, and you might have got a couple of steps and you're just sinking in. Anybody done that? Go on. I know you have. But this is an amazing... Oh, you're not allowed to run in the pool. Okay. Into the water uh, at the beach, off a wharf. I don't know. It's a step of faith. It's an incredible step. And my first point, if you're taking notes, is a step of faith is just one small step towards Jesus. A step of faith is just one small step towards Jesus. One small step for man, one giant leap in your faith is what it is. It's just one step. Peter just took one step towards Jesus. If you believe God is asking something of you, all you need to do is just take one small step of obedience in that direction. That doesn't seem so hard when you put it like that. And that could be anything. It could be encouraging someone with a, with a prophetic word or a word of knowledge that you feel God's put on your heart. It could be just giving someone a hug and encouraging someone. It could be giving someone a gift, giving someone some money. It could be going somewhere to like getting to a shout conference or going to an e-group or going to equip her uh, if you're a lady. It, it could be many, many things, but it's just one step towards Jesus. One small step into, I guess, the unknown, but towards your Savior. See, it was an unknown step 
for Peter, but it was towards a saviour. One, it's an unknown step, but it's towards Jesus. And the, the beautiful thing is when you step towards Jesus and you keep your eyes on him, you can have full assurance. You can have full assurance that he's going to look after you. See, too often we look at our own resources. We don't even step out of the boat. We are like the other fishermen who are sitting in there and they're going, yep, it's a stormy night. The waves are quite big, but I built this boat. I know this boat. It's watertight. Uh, you know, and these guys were fishermen. They grew up on the lake. They knew that they, 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 they were safe in that space. They weren't in distress. The only distress they were having is because they thought they saw a ghost. They were like, what the? There's someone walking on the water. That was what they were distressed about. But Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come and I will. I'm not sure who else it was going to be. Like, who else did you think it was, Peter? Um, but maybe they thought it actually was a ghost. But all the other fishermen, they stayed safe in the boat because they trusted their own resources. They trusted what they knew. If we're to live full and overflowing lives, we need to take steps into the unknown. Steps towards Jesus out of our resources, out of the things that we know, out of the things that we feel safe about and secure about. You've gone very quiet, church. Is this just a bit too confronting for, for Sunday morning? Come on. I, I know that, that we're called to live lives of faith. And also know that the, the better you uh, respond, the better I'll preach. I was serious. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> uh, so, so if we to live full lives, we take a step towards Jesus. Where is it that you've been playing it safe? Where is it that you've just been like, well, no, I know this. I know this world. I know these people. I know the resources that I have. I know that, and, and, and I'm safe. I'm secure. In this. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 take a step towards me. Take a step towards me. It might feel like a risk. It might feel hard. It might feel challenging. But actually, that is a step of faith. That is what we're called to do. God is calling you to step out. And it's, it's away from what you've always known. Can I tell you that the only constant in your life is going to be change. Things are going to change whether you, you walk towards Jesus or not. The, the, the sad thing is too many people, everything around them changes and they don't change. And because of that, they stagnate, they get stuck. We just need to take step, just a small step out towards Jesus. The second thing I would say as we're taking steps of faith is that don't dwell on what might go wrong. Don't dwell on the circumstances. Don't dwell on what is around you. Let's say you've decided, okay, I'm going to take a step of faith. Like Peter. But then your internal warrior kicks in. I don't mean your internal warrior. I mean your internal warrior. You know that, that kind of like, oh, well, what, what about if this happens? Or what about that? Or this might, and this could go wrong. And they might say that. And this might happen. And yeah, I know some of you are there. Some of you are there. Oh, no, I better not. I better back out. See, Peter was walking. He was walking on water. He was doing this incredible thing. And then he looks around. Then he's like, and it's a strange thing. It says it. It says he saw the wind. Hang on, Peter. 
You can't see the wind. <laughs> no, no, he was looking at the waves. He saw the effects of the wind. He was, and, he, and he became afraid. It started in his mind. He was looking at Jesus, and then he took his eyes off him, and he started to worry. And as he did that, he simultaneously started to sink. See, when we take our eyes off Jesus, when we start looking at the circumstance, look at the problem, look at what might go wrong, that's when things start to do go wrong. See, Jesus is the Word of God. We're called to look to the Word. And actually, Jesus gave him a word. It's very simple. He only gave him one word. He just said, come. And, and Peter, in his faith, he just stepped forward on the basis of that one word. You know, sometimes it might just be one little thing that, that Jesus has given you. But you can trust him in that. You go, well, I just, I just got a sense that this is the thing to do. I'm not sure about it. I don't think Peter was sure of it either. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he was, he was not sure. He was very impulsive. We know he's an impulsive dude. So he probably was just like, Jesus said, come, okay. And then he's like, I don't know how many, we don't know how many steps he made. We don't know how far he was from the boat when he started looking around and going, oh. What? And then started sinking. But you see, there's always potential for stuff to go wrong. It's, it's, it's always that potential is always there. Windy weather is going to happen. Waves are going to mount up. There's going to be hard things in the midst of you stepping out. That's a promise, really. It's going to get hard. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus and you don't look at the circumstances, start worrying about it, then you won't sink. So next time you, start, you step out in faith and you start to worry, think about Peter. Think about Peter. Don't look at the circumstances, but keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. See, Peter was sinking in his thinking before he started sinking in the water. It started in his mind. It always does. And we just need, we need to be vigilant. We need to guard our hearts against those thoughts. I think in the West, it's, it's reason a lot of the time. We reason our way out of faith. We argue our way out of it. We're like, oh, no, that's not going to make sense because I know that, that that's uh, actually that's physically impossible or that uh, that can't happen or, you know, and we reason our way around it and then we don't take a step of faith because it, and people will be saying, oh, no, that's not a good idea. Well, why would you do that? Oh, look, there's a dangerous world out there. You don't want to, yeah, yeah, there is always a reason not to do it. But we just need to trust that we've had a word from God and step forward in faith. So don't look at the circumstances around you. And number three, I would say, even if you sink, you won't drown. Even if you sink, you won't drown. Jesus reaches out, grabs Peter, lifts him up, and they go back to the boat together. You see, even if you take a step of faith and it starts to go pear-shaped, Jesus is still there, and he's still looking out for you. And, and I'd, I would rather be like Peter than the others in the boat. Because Peter at least took a step of faith. And we know subsequently that Peter is called the rock, that he's actually one of the founding fathers of the church, that he's, he's a pillar of the church because 
I think because of the faith that he had, the fact that he was prepared to step out for, for Christ. Because he had full assurance in Jesus. And we can have full assurance that even if it doesn't go according to our plan, even if it doesn't quite end up looking like we want it to, that we're not going to drown in it, that he will lift us up because we can have full assurance in him. So here's the, here's the question. Do we have full assurance in God? Do we, do we trust him? How much do we trust him? Not even just to step out on water, but do we trust him for everyday needs? Because Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All your need, God will provide. Just sit with that for a moment. Everything you need, Christ promises to provide. No need you have cannot be met in him. Note also that it's our needs, not our desires and our wants. I've got a lot of wants. I've got a lot of things I like. But I know that God will meet my every need. I love that this is the Apostle Paul saying this. And if you just go back a little bit in Philippians 4, just in the same chapter, He's writing to the church in Philippi, and he's thanking them for, for providing for his needs, that they've given a whole lot of money. And this is what he says in, in Philippians 4, 12 and 13. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. See, see Paul has this incredible revelation. God will provide for me. It doesn't say you won't, actually, you won't be in need. When was the last time you were in, in hunger? He says, I've been in, in hunger. Not because you were choosing to fast, but because you didn't have food. Like this, is, this is the reality for Paul. But he's saying he's content because of who's in, inside him. And then he, he go, he, from that place, he can reassure the Philippians. He can say, God shall supply your every need. Your every need. So if we align ourselves to the promises of God, if we follow after him, he will provide. His provision is greater than your need. Do you, do you realize that? Because it's according to his riches. His riches, it's all based on him and what he can provide. We think it's based on us. What we do, we, we can earn it from him. No, it's according to his riches. But I think, and this is really getting to the crux of it today, is I think the question we need to be asking ourselves is, what is our need? And is our need big enough? Because I think we, when we think our need, we just think of ourselves. What is the level of your need in God? Because God wants us to be needy. Now, I need to clarify that because I know you, you all know those needy people. Come on, we all know those needy people in our lives that are just a drain and they're just like clingy and needy and you're like, I just need some space from this person. I'm not talking about being like that. Um, but God actually needs us to need him. He wants us to be in need of Him. Because when we don't, when we're not in need of Him, we become reliant on ourselves. And that actually, I think, is one of the, the greatest risks that we face as New Zealand Christians today. 
is that we don't need God. That's why this place is only ever half full. You know, I, w- I went to um, do our database. We have 170 people on our database. But generally, we're getting like 80 to 100 people on a Sunday. Um, now, I know that, you know, things happen and people are away and stuff. But actually, there's a self-reliance that kicks in. And we actually, we, in our Western society, we, we, we desire that. It's, it's, up, it's held up as a good thing to be self-reliant, to, to be tough and not need other people. Not need a crutch like God. Uh, but that's a, it's a broken mindset. Especially, I think, guys are worse at this. Women, at least, you know, they, they reach out for community more. But men, it's all about just kind of being alone and struggling alone and, 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 and being apart. That's just rubbish. It's not, it's not biblical. It's not godly. When we just rely on ourselves and think we can have it all, when we can do it all by ourselves, that's such a dangerous position. It's isolated. It's what the enemy wants. He wants us isolated. And there was a church in the New Testament. Do you, know, do you know this? There was a church in the New Testament that had become like this. It's called Laodicea. And it gets a letter of correction from God via um, John. And I'm going to read it to you. Not all of it, but part of it. In Revelation 3, uh, verse 15 to 17, it says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. That's strong language. But you see, when we become reliant on ourselves then that's what we become. And in this, time, in this place, it was being reliant on their wealth. They were a wealthy city, a wealthy church, and they'd become reliant on their own provision for themselves. It was like the other fishermen in the boat. They were just like, no, I'm safe, I'm good in here. And they weren't taking any steps of faith. They weren't moving forward at all. And that's actually repulsive to God. Like, you get this, the strength of the language here. He's, he's up in heaven gagging. He's like, that's, that's how you're making God feel, church, of Laodicea. <laughs> I add that on because, because that's where the letter was being written. But sometimes I feel that, wow, when we become reliant on ourselves, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't need to go to church. Don't need to go to e-group. Don't need to um, pray. Don't need to do this. Don't need to... Because, you know, life's pretty good. It's the scourge of our age. It's the scourge of our... Ch- uh, of, it's, the, it's the major challenge of the church in the West, I reckon. And God looks at his people, and it's like he, they've moved on from God. They've moved on from needing him. And that makes him want to spit them out of his mouth. Because they're lukewarm, they're neither hot nor cold. God would rather actually that we just be cold. We'd be honest with them and go, oh, actually, I'm not that into God. <laughs> that we, or obviously, he'd rather we be hot. Because at least the, hot, the, the, the cold, he can heat up. He can do something with. But it's this lukewarmness when, it, when there's a mix. We take a bit of God and a bit of the world, and we put it together, and we have this kind of comfortable, lukewarm sludge 
that we live in. And we sit in that. You see, when we don't have need of God, we become selfish. So that's why I asked you before, what is, what is your degree of need for God at the moment? Because if you think, oh, no, I don't really have any needs, then can I suggest that's actually a really selfish place to be? Because if your needs are all about yourself, then you're not believing for anything else, for anybody else in your world. That's not a life that is full and overflowing. Because to overflow means, you know, it's flowing out of you into the world around you. And I think there's, there's something that's got to be overflowing from us as Christians. That we get filled so much by Him that we overflow into the world around us. Abraham was called blessed to be a blessing. The idea was that God poured so much into him that, that he, it overflowed into the nation around him. And if you're not asking anything for anyone else, then, then your faith is not being stretched. You're not being, being uh, overflowing at all. You're not allowing God to overflow from your life. We become like the church in Laodicea when we think we have all our needs met without God. It's a dangerous, dangerous place to be because we think we're wealthy. We think we've got all we need. And if you're just coming to God and to church every so often just to meet your needs, then you've missed it. You've missed the point of God and His church because it's actually all about others. It's not about meeting your needs. Your needs will be met along the way. That's the beauty of it. When you, when you focus on God and on others, those are the two great commandments, right? Love God, love others. When you do that, you find the love of God. You find the love from others. He meets others' needs through us, and He blesses us as we are a blessing. And that's why uh, I'm so excited. In the, in the month of March, we're doing um, Heart Week. So that's when, as e-groups, we do something for our community. We find a need, and we meet that. But that's also why we do things like youth every Friday night. Those, I, hand, uh, just a shout out to all the youth leaders who come out on a Friday night. They've been working hard all week. And they, yeah, and they, and they give up time so that our young people can meet with Jesus. So our young people can have a great night. They can, yeah, they can be changed by God. But there's many other things that we could be doing if we all stood up and said, yeah, you know what? It's not just about meeting my needs. I want to overflow. I want to take steps of faith that cause me to put some need back on God. See, that's the thing about a step of faith is that it causes you to rely on God. Peter couldn't stand on water by himself, right? Just like you and I can't. We'll sink. But when we take a step of faith, we're putting our need back in God's court. We're saying, God, I need you to come through. Otherwise, I'm drowning. That's, that's a scary thing to do. I get that. I know that myself. But when we do it, that's when we're, we're living a full and overflowing life. That's when we're, we're in the center of what God is calling us to do. Can I invite the keys up? And that's actually when we're overflowing. There's, a, there's, a, there's an amazing image in the book of Ezekiel 47. I won't read it all to you, but I'll, I'll draw some snippets out of it. It's the image of a river of God flowing from the temple. So the temple of God, that's us. 
individually and corporately, there's a river flowing from us. And everywhere that river flows, there is life. It says then, in verse 6, then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Skip down to verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. You see, that river is called to to flow from us. And when we take steps of faith, when we walk by faith, and we're living a full and overflowing life, that river is flowing. And there is life springing up. We're bringing life to those around us, to our workmates, to our friends, to our family. Life is coming from us. Food is coming. There is nourishment. Healing is coming. Miracles. When this river flows, life just pops up along its banks. And that's the life that is full and overflowing. That is what we're called to do. But you see, to do that, we need to to lean into Him. Lean in and take a step of faith. Jesus Himself actually said that we are to have rivers of living water. John 7, 37. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, As the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. So when when you're full with the Spirit, rivers of living water flow out of your life. I I don't know, church, but I I want to live a life that is overflowing. That is overflowing with the love and the goodness of God. And I want us to be a people who is overflowing. That we're not just selfishly in our own boat looking for our own needs to be met. No, we're taking steps of faith. Steps of faith towards Jesus. And in doing that, we're allowing a river of living water to flow from us. Why don't you stand to your feet? I just, I, I know that in this place, God is calling us to connect. <laughs> Keep playing. With Him, to be filled with rivers overflowing from us. You see, that that's what the Holy Spirit is. And you may have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You may have had the Holy Spirit come into your life before. That's awesome. But can I say that there is always more in Him. And, and so in this moment, I want us to pray. I want us to believe that He's going to pour out into us so that we can, that not just our needs can be met, but the needs of those around you. And maybe you just need to close your eyes and just take a moment and ask God, God, what are the needs that you're calling me to meet? What are the things that I need to ask you for? What are the things I need to step out in faith in that I need you to fill me for, that I need you to overflow from me in? 
And maybe it's just as simple as having grace for your kids. It may be as, as hard as reaching your, your workplace with the gospel. I, I don't know what it looks like. And maybe taking a step in, in, in finances and starting to, to give or to, to give away a large amount to someone or something. I don't know what it is, but there's a step of faith that God is calling you to. But you need His Spirit to overflow from you to do it. Because if you just try and grit your teeth and do it yourself, you can't do it. You need His grace. So in this moment, just with your eyes closed, maybe you need to raise your hands. Maybe you just need to open your arms. I don't know what you need to do to be, to be open. But right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is here and He wants to pour out upon us. He wants to move in this place. And I, I could I even say if you want to come down the front and have our leaders lay hands on you and pray for you, I, I'm believing that God's going to impart something. Because I know that there, is, there are needs, there are so many needs that can only be met by Jesus. And we need to, to open our hearts fully to Him, to take steps of faith in Him. So let's, let's believe together. And I, I'm going to pray. If you want to be included in that prayer, raise your hand and we'll believe together. Father, I thank You, Jesus, that You call us to live a life of faith, not just belief, but to take steps of faith every day in You, God. And where You're calling us to step out of the boat, give us courage to do that, God. And where You're calling us to meet a need where we feel that, that we've just had our eyes on ourselves, God, help us to meet those needs around us, God. Fill us now to overflowing so that we can meet those needs. We can't do it in our own strength, God. We need You. Holy Spirit, we need You. Holy Spirit, fill us now with Your power. Fill us now to overflowing. Spirit of God, fill us to overflowing. Thank You, Jesus. He's here. I just believe He's speaking to individuals right now. Just open your heart. Oscar, I just feel that God is, is challenging you. He's, it's like He's drawn a line in the sand and He's saying, come on, come on, you can step over there. There's, the, the barrier is only in your minds. There's a, I don't know, there's a, some kind of barrier you've, you've put between what, what you can do in your school and what you can't do. And God says, that's imaginary. You just need to take a step of faith beyond that. I'm calling it. You can you can pray with your young people. You can you can see them come to know Jesus. You can get them along to youth. You can you, there's a line there, but it's just imaginary because God is over and above any any false boundaries that we put, any limitations we put. Thank you, Jesus. 
Marius, there's a bigness in God that He wants you to experience. There's a there's a the the enormity of His of His dream for you that you've kind of you've I don't know somehow you've just kind of wrapped, I just see you wrapping yourself in a cloak and you're like okay this is this is safety here and I can but He's saying rip it off. It's like there's a there's a multi I just see a light coming from you when you when you shrug that off. And I don't know what that cloak uh, represents, but there's something you've got to shrug it off in Jesus' name. Uh, let's just lay hands on, on Marius if you're around him. Father, I thank you. Yeah, this, this cloak that is, that is the shroud that is over Marius is being lifted now in Jesus' name. And your light is shining through his life in a fresh way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Mandy, I just believe God would say that the, the desires of your heart, He wants to fulfill. You know, there's that great um, proverb that, that says that He will give you the desires of your, your heart. And, and uh, I think there are, there are some deep desires in your heart. I don't know what they are, but God wants to fulfill them. And, he, and, he, and He's saying, just seek me first. Keep your eyes on me. Don't look to the left or to the right. Trust me in them, and He will fulfill them. His mercies are new every morning. He will give you the grace you need to see those things come to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Regard, I, I, I believe there's a mighty man of valor hiding inside you, and you need to let it out. You need to let it out in your school. David had his mighty men, and, uh, and they were greater than him. And I believe you're a mighty man in the faith. There's a, there's a great image of a man standing in a field. And it's a field of lentils. Who defends a field of lentils? I don't know. But there's a sense that he made a stand, and I think 300 fell that day uh, to his sword. And there's a sense, you're a mighty man of God. You need to rise up in your school. Maybe you need to start um, a prayer group. I reckon you need to start by the gate. It's just when you stand at the gate at your school, you start praying and believing for your school. I believe you can start that. You can see a move of God in Geraldine High School. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. And when God's moving in this place, I, I can't prophesy over every one of you, but God wants to drop something in your heart. There's a step of faith that God is calling you to take, that He's asking you to do. And you know what that is, but for whatever reason you've said, oh, that's too hard, or I'll do that next year, or I'll do that later. No, no, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time that God's calling you to take that step of faith. Come on, if, if, actually, I believe if that's you, you know that there's something God's calling you to do, and you've been waiting, or you've been just holding off. I want you to come down the front. I want you to take a bold step of faith right now. I want you to come down the front. We've got time. God's moving. I don't want to stop what he's doing. Come on. As part of that step of faith, you need to come down. As part of activating that in your life, you need to come on down. Awesome. That's cool. Why is it there are only the young people? Oh, come on, Aileen. She's representing. Come on. Stepping out in faith is not just for young people. It's for all of us. Come on. Can I some of our leaders come on down? Let's pray for these guys. Awesome. Hey, there's one more group of people. And I, 
I know you're here and you're, you've not taken, I know I started talking about a leap of faith. God doesn't call us to take a leap of faith, but actually that idea, a leap of faith, is actually, um, it's not in the Bible, but it's from a theologian. There's a guy, Soren Kierkegaard. He came up with the argument that, um, that truth can't be found by observation alone. It has to be understood by the heart, apart from hard evidence around us. And, and I think there's a group of people uh, here this morning, and you haven't given your heart to Jesus because you've, you've been caught up in that land of reason, that, 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 we, that mindset that we have in the world that oh, I can only do stuff based on what I, what I can see physically. Well, God's saying, no, you have to take a leap. You have to take a, a large step from just the physical world into the spiritual. And you need to open your heart to Him. So just with every eye closed and head bowed, and if you haven't given your heart to Jesus, you haven't taken a step into the spiritual realm that, that is there, whether you can see it or not, and then just with your eyes closed, head bowed, if you want to take a step of faith and give your life to God this morning, you can raise your hand, I'll see it, and you can put it down. Is there anybody here this morning? Awesome, Megan, I'll catch you after service. Is there anybody else wants to take that step of faith? Okay, I'm not seeing any other hands. That's cool. I hope you're feeling stirred, church. Like I said at the start, we're just here to equip you. And part of that equipping is just getting faith stirred in our hearts. So then we can go out into the world. It's like you're filling up at the petrol pump to have enough petrol in the tank, enough faith in the tank to reach your world in your week. Can I just pray for you as we finish? Father, I thank you. My God, every individual here, they live lives that are, that are devoted to you. That, and there are, there are people that they interact with, God, that you have a heart for. And I pray that you would use each and every one of us this week to be your hands and feet, to speak encouragement, to speak life, to, to point towards you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would fill each and every one of us full to overflowing so that we can reach our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a great word. Let's give Pastor Day a round of applause. It's fantastic. I love that our God speaks to each one of us. There's no comparison. He doesn't just choose a few. He doesn't just look for the gifted or the perfect. He speaks to each one of us. And I pray that you are able to hear what God's been speaking to you and to take a step to walk it out. To take your belief and walk it out as faith. I love that thought. If you would still like some prayer after the service, there's space for that ministry down here. You have not missed your chance. But otherwise, make sure you stick around in the foyer uh, for some morning tea. If you're new here today, we would love to share your coffee. So make sure you get that happening. And we're going to hand back over to Matt.